Aaron, you know what I'm going to ask you to do, brother. You know what's going to happen. Can you two, please? Two in two rooms. <laughs> it's a very unusual feeling. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's go! And with that, welcome to Albion Obsessed. We come to you on the back of another win in North London. North London is ours, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's see who we've got today. We are joined by Chloe. Chloe, how are you? Um, I'm great again. Yeah, another win. Love it. Absolutely love it. And Chloe, you were at the uh, the stadium yesterday. Um, just before I come on to the other guests, um, what is the stadium like when you're actually there in person? Because on the telly, it looks a bit like a spaceship. Yeah, from the outside, it doesn't look much like a football stadium. I don't think it, it's sort of very oval. And I don't really know what it looks like. But but when you go in, it's, it's it is a nice stadium. I can't deny, you know, it's very impressive visually. Um, and the atmosphere was pretty good yesterday as well. And obviously when we got that last minute goal, everyone was just buzzing, absolute limbs. It was it was incredible. Decent. And we will, of course, come on to that in just a bit. Uh, we also welcome back Dan. Dan, mate, how are you on this Easter Sunday? I'm all good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm decent, thank you. Hay fever's a... Uh kicking my ass a little bit but apart from the odd bit of hay fever you know it's all decent all decent mate that's good all good sound and aaron welcome back mate we feeling positive after yesterday's result yes mate as always yeah as, as always mr positive me i don't know why people say mr negative but don't get it don't get it don't see it no idea mate no idea whatsoever um now of course we uh, we've got a lot to talk about with the game yesterday um, however, we're recording this on the 17th and the 17th on this day, five years ago, Brighton and Hove Albion won promotion to the Premier League uh, by beating Wigan 2-0. Um, and there were just everything that's followed um, is, it, I don't know about you guys, but it lives very long in my memory. I remember that day very vividly. Now, I wasn't there um, being living 200 miles away I wasn't able to attend the game however I've got really fond memories of that day so just before we dive into our post-match analysis of the Spurs game I just wanted to come to each of you in turn really and just talk to you about um, the memories of the day now Chloe um, I've seen on your you know via your Twitter that you were you were there that day um, just tell us a little bit how it felt to be in the ground when that final whistle blew it, it was just incredible. I feel like it didn't really sink in probably until we played a few Premier League games that we were actually in the Premier League. I remember just being in complete disbelief and it's like, we're in the Premier League. It just, it was like, I just kept saying that to myself over the few weeks afterwards because it was just, it was just incredible. And, you know, when that whistle went and we just all went on the pitch, um, it was just like, wow, this is like the best day of my life. It still is probably one of the best days of my life so far. It's It was just incredible just to be a part of that as well. Um, and celebrating with all the players. It's just, it was amazing. It was, it was, there's no other words for it. It was incredible, amazing, brilliant, fantastic. Just, yeah. I think you've summed up really nicely there, Chloe. I um I remember watching the videos of the what happened you know the the fans on the pitch the players on the train going down North Street I 
I watched those videos for hours that evening, um, just constantly refreshing Twitter to see what else was going on. Um, I can't begin to imagine the feeling it must have been for you guys at the stadium. Uh, Dan, I think you were you were also at the stadium, weren't you, that day, mate? Um, how did you feel when that final whistle blew? What were your emotions? I just thought, but I couldn't believe it. I remember um, sort of like cheering, glad that because he wasn't mathematical at that point. Well, obviously, it was pretty much certainty, but it wasn't mathematical. And also, I've just seen everyone just drown stuff on the pitch. I was like, I looked at my partner, I was like, I'm not missing this. Jump the rail straight out. And yeah, it was amazing. It was brilliant. Brilliant experience. Probably, as Chloe said, one of the best ever experiences ever. And yeah, I was just glad. Glad to see later on that it all was confirmed and just thinking about where to go, how everything was going to go next. Yeah, it's right. As you say, Dan, I don't think when the final whistle blew in our game, we were mathematically um, promoted. Um, if I'm right in thinking, Huddersfield played later in the evening um, and they had to match our result um, and they didn't, if, again, if my memory serves. Um, and then that's when, obviously, we uh, we knew. But as you say, it, although it was not mathematically certain, I think Huddersfield had a monumental goal difference to overturn as well. So um, anyway, uh, Aaron, uh, just before we crack on with the Spurs game, mate, five years ago, um, what, what what was it like for you, mate? What were your emotions when that final whistle blew? And, you know, what did you get up to that evening? Uh, I was actually at work. Uh, I, I couldn't get it off, so I had to work. But I did manage to get myself into a nice corner in Gatwick Airport and just watch the game on my phone. Um, but that final whistle went, it was uh, a very strange feeling. It, it's saying that I never thought I would ever, ever see as bright in the Premier League. When when I started watching <clears throat> watching the club in League or Division 3 back then, and playing the likes of Russian and Diamonds and the struggling, you know, to then see us not even just to get promoted from twice in two years, I thought was amazing, like massive enough. But to see us get into the Premier League like 15 years later, it's just mind boggling to me. And I still, I still can't really quite believe it now. To be honest, I remember the first Premier League game. I went to, I sort of just sort of sat there and was like, we're, we're a Premier League football club. I was like, this is, this is surreal. And just, I remember coming home and just sat down and had a beer and was just like, watched, watched the highlights, watched the celebrations on Twitter and was like, yeah, was like, yeah, I, 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 I want to be there. And so we headed to Brighton on, on the night out with some of the boys and the rest was sort of history really from that point. Yeah, I, th I just want to echo what you say, mate. I think, you know, we've it's been said to death, um, but to see where we've come from to, you know, where we were going, if we think about what was happening this time 25 years ago, um, the club just about surviving, you know, Stuart Storer, Robbie Reinhardt, you know, you think, and then 25 years later, or actually it would have been 20 years later, 
beating Wigan. Um, I've watched the highlights back today and on both goals for us, uh, there's a certain Mr. Dan Byrne who uh, gets completely done by Hemed. And then I think he knew that in a few years time he'd play for us and he just wanted he to help us out. Yeah, look at him now. Um, but it's just, as you say, Aaron, it's an incredible um, journey that the club has been on. And as I say, I remember just sitting there uh, on my phone in, you know, getting really choked up, you know, to watching these videos of like Jamie Murphy being carried down the down the train and Scalac on sat on people's shoulders and people singing about uh, we want you to stay, Dale Stevens. And, you know, it's, uh, it's absolute scenes. Um, and I started just, I was, as I was watching the highlights, I just started, uh, I found myself singing, we're on our way. I was like, oh man, that takes me back. Um, so yeah, really, really fantastic. Um, and just, I know we've uh, chatted about this already, but I just want to um, read some of the res- responses um, that we had to uh, one of the Albion Obsessed tweets that went out. Um, so earlier today, Joe tweeted, what are your overriding memories from a day filled with nothing but joy? Obviously referencing the Wigan game. So I'm just going to read some of the responses out. So um, Cam, who's been on the uh, pod before, she sent a picture of her and Dale Stevens in um, saying that one of her highlights was meeting Dale Stevens whilst she was a bit inebriated um, and are begging him to stay. Uh, He did stay. He went on to stay, of course, um, but that's pretty cool. Um, Norwood and Scalak riding fans shoulders at Brighton Station singing We're On Our Way. Um, lots of people saying about waking up with hangovers, um, a few pictures of people on the, tw- uh, on the pitch, uh, meeting the players. Um, and it's just, you look at all these responses and these replies. And I think what I love, absolutely love is just the fan player interaction. Um, the players knew what it meant to us fans and it meant a lot to them. Um, I remember Dunkey, I say, remember, I wasn't obviously there, but I remember seeing videos of Dunkey basically on the pitch in his pants, uh, getting chased because people wanted his shorts. Um, So, yeah, just some absolute fantastic scenes from that day five years ago. Um, And it's been one hell of a journey since then. And uh, what better way to celebrate five years of being promoted than beating one of the big six uh, in Tottenham Hotspur yesterday. So um, just before we dive in to... uh, the game itself it's become a bit of a a, a a ritual of mine to look at the uh look at the formation that was set out and playing that sort of guess who's playing where uh game now me and you aaron uh on the group chat we saw the lineup and it's uh neither of us were particularly happy um with what we saw i think um but potter proved us wrong didn't he yeah, I think so. I don't think I, I don't think I was disappointed with the lineup. I was just a bit surprised there was no striker, really. Um, when you're playing team, you know, top six teams, you sort of expect it to be at least what a striker. But again, Potter knew what he was doing. The players knew exact game plan to to play out. They worked it to a T, and look what happened. You know, I think uh, I said last week. I when we start doubting or trying to figure out what Potter's what goes through Potter's head, it, it just no one will understand other than him and the players. And it's proven that last two weeks, 
you have a, you have a certain game plan, you execute it to perfection, you get three points. Simple. If only it was that simple, but it, you know, it, and I think bringing Lampton for Welbeck, I think was probably the not the obvious change. I would have probably would have. I don't know. You would have to bring Lamptey in personally. Anyway, that was my opinion. But who would you take out? And Welbeck wouldn't have been the name on the list I'd have taken out. But again, I was proven wrong. I think Tom would agree with me. I think Welbeck would have been the one on the list on the players to take out. But again, he came on at half time and, and done very well. So you, you can't really complain complain with that. And at the end of the day, who really who really cares about the formation? Because Christ, we actually, you know, we won again in London, in in our in our beautiful kit. Happy Easter! <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. Now Joe is asking for a full screen apology from me, so I I will happily give that, as I promised. Uh, hello everyone. Ooh. Um. So yeah, guys, I'm not gonna lie. I saw the formation yesterday, and I thought, oh, back four. Because obviously, uh, no, only two central defenders. And I think to myself, oh, bloody back four. We've played Spurs twice already this season. And the back four has been completely pulverized by their attacking uh, players. Uh, but I was wrong. Uh, we saw Trossard line up at left wing back. And even then I was going, what are you doing? Trossard left wing back. I know he's played there for Belgium, but oh my gosh, crazy. Um, but I was wrong. Um, I was wrong to doubt Graham Potter. I was wrong. And for that, Graham, I'm very, very sorry. I'll try not to do it again, but I probably will, uh, as that is the way of the football fan. So, Graham, very sorry. So there there we go. Um, <laughs> orcs. Um, but one thing I will just say, uh, Chloe, I'll come to you for this one. Were you surprised um, by the lack of striker? Um, well, recognised forward, as it were, on the pitch for the first half yesterday? Uh, or were you quietly confident that Graham knew what he was doing? Um, yeah, I did sort of think, okay, I second guessed the lineup against Arsenal, and you know what, he did know what he was doing. And I also remembered, um, I think it was when we played Liverpool, and we didn't play a striker. We had Trossard up front, and it obviously worked. Then that was one of the best performances this season, and we got a point at um, Anfield. But um, yeah, so I was sort of thinking, okay, well, that's another big six club. I'm not sure Spurs are quite as good as Liverpool are, but it obviously did work. And um, I think he had to bring Weppel off at half-time for Welbeck, really, because he probably would have ended up getting himself sent off and no one wants to see that. So, um, yeah, and obviously he was involved in setting up the goal. So, yeah, yeah I think, yeah, I think it worked. You know what he was doing, obviously, and... Um, I, I did have a bit more trust in him after last week. Um, probably if he'd done that last week, I would have been saying, oh, my God, what is he doing again? But um, no, I think last week gave me the faith I needed for this one. Good skills, good skills. Now, Dad, um, I suppose as Chloe's really touched on last week, it worked against Arsenal, overloading the midfield. Um, so were you, when you saw the lineup, were you confident that Graham Potter had got it right again? I sort of believed that the formation probably was about right. Yeah, overloading the midfield. Obviously, it worked. Um, yeah, Weppery really needed to come off as well because I, 
it's that first half was very interesting to see. But uh, yeah, the uh, which we'll come on to later. Uh, but uh, the formation was, I think, it was about right. I was happy to see Lamptey back in to to sort of put the pace of back on the pitch. That yeah, everything worked out, so it's all good. Yeah, it's always hard, I suppose, looking at these things retrospectively because we already know the result. Um, but I just like to talk about it because I think it's quite an interesting one. And it's something that I know, and I know it's not a, a true representation of fans as a whole, but of course, every week, um, every time the team news comes out, there's always people on Twitter moaning about Pascal Gross playing and there's Aaron giving us a wave. Um, there's always someone complaining about something. Um, and I know I, I did that as well, but that's because I'm mainly because I thought it was a back four. Um, but I was wrong. And so all those people moaning. So let's get into it. Let's talk about that first half then, because <laughs> it was a first half, not without a few bits of controversy, um, which we'll come on to in a minute. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to talk about the game plan. Um, and I thought Lewis Dunk was really coy after the game um, because it was quite obvious that with Spurs, if you shut down that link between Harry Kane and the wingers, Spurs don't really have much of a plan B. Now, Aaron, I don't know about what you saw of it, but I saw yesterday Lewis Dunk and Basuma absolutely pocket Harry Kane, and it made Spurs, comp- well, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to handle it. What was your view on Dunk and Basuma's role in nullifying Mr. Harry Kane? Yeah, I think the roles they played sort of especially when you when you're playing teams like Tottenham, like you said, who have such fantastic link up play from Kane out to Kurchevsky and, and so on. If you nullify Kane, they get they they get scared. They look like a bang average team, they don't know what to do. And that's exactly what Duncan Basuma did. And you barely saw Harry Kane the whole entire 90 minutes. He barely done anything. And to bear in mind, I think Tottenham scored 34 goals this calendar year. And there's probably more, what, eight or nine games in the Premier League this year? And that, that's a hell of that's, that's a hell of a uh, return. And obviously Harry Kane, as much as I dislike him, is, is a world-class striker. But and to keep someone of that quality, not even just him, Son, very quiet. Had one good chance where Tross had done very well to, to get back and make a great block. But other than that, very quiet. Kane, like I've just said, non-existent, but that's because of how well we played and how well, again, it, like I said, it's executing the game plan. If you execute it well enough, then you will stop Tottenham playing, and that's exactly what we did. It's absolutely spot on. Yeah, agreed. I think um, one of the things that Match the Day did very well on their analysis was they showed that we forced Tottenham to uh, play the way we wanted them to. Now, of course, whenever you watch these uh, games, Dan, like uh, I know you you did um, on the TV, um, the pundits can't wait to tell you that actually it's because Spurs are playing badly. Um do you get frustrated when you hear that, especially when Brighton are playing so well? Is it frustrating to constantly hear hear the commentators and the pundits say, "Oh, yeah, but Spurs are having an off day"? It frustrates me to no end. You just always hear it. It's like, "Oh, they, this team played badly." Not never we played better. It's always they or oh, they played badly. In this case, really, they they couldn't really do anything about anything. 
like um I'm sorry when he had uh they had I think it was Dunk at the end of match of the day, they were saying, How did you sort out the link between Harry Kane and Son? He was like, Well, I'll be telling our secret. You know, it's they they know they knew they were a game plan, they had to stop that link, they did it. And that in the end, Spurs were basically one of any threat at the end because the most biggest threat was cut out of the game completely. So if, I think in this case, if they want to keep saying that they, because they're playing so badly, I think it's sooner or later they were like, oh yeah, Brian played really well, really well. Never, never, oh, this team played badly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it was nice to see Chrissy Heaton on uh, Match of the Day. And he said pretty much exactly that. You know, it wasn't Spurs playing badly. It was Brighton were playing very well. Um, and Chloe, would it be fair to say that after perhaps a um, an underwhelming start to the year, the calendar year, that Basuma was back to his best yesterday because he just seemed to be absolutely everywhere? Yeah, he, he was my man of the match by a mile. He was just on the ball constantly and winning tackles and making blocks. He was just so good. It was like, yes, he's back. He's back. And um, came over to the fans at the end and they were singing his song. And it was, he was just, uh, he did seem back to his usual. I thought he was good against Arsenal. Did he play against Arsenal? Yeah, he was good against Arsenal as well. Um, so it definitely seems like he's gotten back to his best. So maybe some rumours about him being halfway out the door were a bit um, mis misconstrued. Um, I yeah, I want him to sign a new contract. I know it's not going to happen, but I'd love to just keep him forever because he's such a good player, such a good player. Yeah, when he's on form, he is the best player on the pitch. Yesterday's performance reminded me very much of the Chelsea game where he just ran the midfield. Um, and as you say, Chloe, he, you know, he was putting in blocks. He was linking up play. There was a fantastic uh, point around 70 minutes where he took on the whole of the, well, I say whole, but half the Spurs team and just dribbled through them like they weren't even there. Um, it was a joy to watch Basuma be at his best. Um, now, he did pick up a, a booking yesterday. Um, and from what I can remember of the booking, I think it was for um, back chatting the referee because the Spurs player went down incredibly easily, who would have thought. And um, he was really cross um, and he got a booking for it. But that So that means that he misses the next two games, I believe, as he's reached 10 bookings um, this season. So he'll miss the City game and the Southampton game, which is a shame because he does seem to be uh, back to his best. Um, and as you say, Chloe, I really hope he signs a new contract um, because when he's playing to the best of his ability, he he's just a world-class midfielder, uh, in my opinion. Um, so talking of bookings, there was a moment in the first half where Kukurea had was putting some pressure on the Tottenham winger, and forgive me if I butcher the pronunciation of his name, Kulachevsky, and... Uh, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're jostling. It's a contact sport. But as uh, the ball gets played away, the Tottenham winger throws the old elbow and it doesn't make contact. Now, for me, that's violent conduct or an attempt at violent conduct. So for me, that's a straight red card. Chloe, you were there. You were in the ground. Uh, did you see what happened? Was it on the replays at all on the big screens? I didn't really see it, to be honest. Um, 
I was quite far away from where it actually happened. But um, you could tell that he'd done something naughty and he knew he'd done something naughty. And watching the videos back at halftime because it was all over Twitter. And it's like, yeah, that's that's sending off. He doesn't make contact, but that's intent. He knew what he was doing. If Cucurella had just happened to be like a step forward, he would have elbowed him in the face. And that's not acceptable. The intent was there, which is the important thing for me. And he should have been sent off. Fully agree. Uh, Dan, is intent more important than, I suppose, the consequence? Um, because obviously he didn't make contact but should that matter no does that really the intent was there to do you see it on the replay straight away wham like if he hit him or not should be sent off it's like um i made the analogy before that um that uh because if i saw once that uh someone winning two-footed into a, in a game and they got the ball and they were like going yeah it's red card sent off you know two-footed tackle it was like oh, i got the ball i got the ball doesn't matter. You showed the intent. Sent off. That's how it should be. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, a few technical issues my end. Uh, so no headphones, just flappy hair. Um, so Aaron, just coming to you there, mate, about the red card. Uh, violent intent. Is Does it matter about the content? Uh, contact, sorry. Or, or are we making a mountain out of a molehill? Um, it's a red card. It, it's probably one of the easy decisions most refs would have to make. You have swung your elbow back in the direction of a player, and it's not even like a, a tiny, you thrusted it back. You know exactly what you're doing. The fact, see, I had a rant, I can't remember what it was, probably about three or four weeks back, would you believe, about VAR and how inconsistent it is. And yet again, it's proved it. That, I don't. I watched that watched it live on the way down. I was like, well, that's a red card. I was like, that is it's a red card. He swung his elbow back. I was like, I don't know, don't get what else. Unless, if he makes contact, then the ref sends him off no issues. But it's the fact, it's a tiny, tiny, sorry, there's a really small gap between, obviously, Kukurea and his elbow. But it doesn't matter. The intent is still there. You've intended to help just to catch him. That's what you. That's what you're trying to do. So that's a red card. It's intent. I think Dan said it said it earlier. You can come in with a two foot tackle. You clean win the ball. If you go through the guy, it's a red card because it's an intent. I don't see the difference. And people are saying, "Well, Muepu should have been sent off. Muepu should have been sent off." He wasn't because, admittedly, he got lucky on one of them. Yeah, he probably should have got maybe a second book in. But other than that, you know, they don't look at VR doesn't look at that sort of sort of incident. It's only for the the straight reds and you know things that need to be overturned, blah blah blah. But the tackle wasn't a red card tackle from Muepu, so it wasn't it wouldn't even get looked at. But that's clear that's clear and obvious. That is a clear and obvious red card. There's no sugar coat in it. Like they, they, it's a red card. End of, end of story. And it's again this VAR being so inconsistent, so inconsistent. I just don't. There needs to be a point where VAR needs to be done by an independent regulator, not by other referees, 
because it just doesn't work. It's proven it doesn't work in in this league. But it works in you know, it works all across Europe. It works fine. But it seems to be the Premier League. There seems to be a things take too long, and b we come up with wrong decisions too often. It, it, I just don't get it. And he, he Kudelski was lucky to be on the pitch. I'm in hindsight, I'm glad he was because he's my captain on fantasy this weekend. I didn't change it from last weekend, so it's a it's a positive spin for me. But it's still a red card. It's 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 just a red card. I just think Craig Paulson. I think Paulson had a quite good game, to be fair. But he bottled that, in my opinion. Do you think um, by bottling it, um, he said he made a rod for his own back, Aaron? In that, that's why perhaps Mwepu did yes. get a second yellow. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because if if he sends Kuchewski off, Mwepu would have gone. That that's my opinion, but that's not how it should have been. That's that's not how the game of football should be. You can't. I'm doing you a favour and keeping on the pitch because I made a mistake earlier. Don't make the mistake. Don't make the mistake. Obviously, he's human. I get that, but VAR is there to look at those mistakes, to overturn those mistakes. But it's not doing that in certain instances. You know, we've had so many, not even just Brighton, just in general this season, so many decisions that haven't been overturned. <coughs> like I remember there was one off the top of my head was, I think it might have been last year. Was it last year? Maybe, where uh, MacArthur absolutely smacked the living crap out of Saka from behind. And the ref was like, Oh, yeah, just a booking. I was like, the ball's not even near Saka. He just completely wiped him out. He's like, oh, yeah, but no, it, it, you know, he went for the ball. You blind? I was like, it's, do that on the street, you get done for assault. You know, and, and it's just stupid things like that. You've, I guess like I'm on AFTV here, but it's Godfrey, was, uh, Godfrey on Saka when he stamped on Saka's face and got nothing. Just things like that. It's it's the, all both of them are red cards. It's clear and obvious. Change them, you know. And other other teams get get decisions. Uh, you know, we've had decisions go with us, and some go against us. Every team has done, but it's the ones that go against you. You're like, but how? I was like, other last week that would you know, and another game the exact same incident was, what a goal was given, or that's a red card last week. Should be just a straightforward red card, you know, red card offside, blah blah blah, all that nonsense. Instead of one week it's this, well, one week it's this. Just it's not hard. I don't understand why they make it so complicated. I really don't get it. Yeah, it's that lack of consistency that's really uh, it's really hard to take as a fan. Now, I'm um, Chloe. Um, just quickly before we move on, um, do you think that if Kukurea had gone to ground, made more of that do you think that it would have been a red card? Um, it reminded me a lot of um, the FA Cup game a few years ago against Man City when Kyle Walker um, went to Ali Reza Yehambach um, and Yehambach fair play to him obviously could make a meal out of it um, and that's probably the reason why Kyle Walker was still on the pitch that day um, but do you think that Kukurea should have made more of it um, or do you think Kukurea did the right thing? I mean, you don't want them to make a meal of it. It's like when 
they're in the box and they don't go down. They try and stay on their feet and try and just get a goal when it's a foul in the box and they don't get the penalty. You don't want players to be play acting in order to get these decisions and they shouldn't have to. Um, so, yeah, I would. I mean, if he had gone to ground, maybe he would have gotten a red card. But, um, yeah, he did the right thing and not making too much of it. And that's what you want to see. You don't want to see players just rolling about for the sake of it. No, I agree. Doing the right thing morally is more important. Um, which something that the Spurs players didn't do, in my opinion, Dan, um, when they were desperately trying to get Muwefu sent off. Um, I don't know what your view on this was. Uh, my own personal opinion was that every time Muwefu put his foot into a challenge, they were going down like a sack of spuds, crowding the ref, going, you know, he needs to go. Um, what was your view on Muwefu? Was he lucky to still be on the pitch at 45 minutes? I think he was um, to be to, he was quite lucky to stay on. Um, you see it all the time when the players on their yellow. He's on the pitch. They um, they try and frustrate them. Try and and obviously when they go towards the referee, pressure the referee to make a decision um, to to sort of get one in their in their way. But, um, but yeah, it's it's it's, just, it's what you see all the time. It's it happens all the time. So as soon as there's a decision, they go, oh, you know, think about what he's done. You know, he's on a yellow. He should, you know, he he should be sent off. But but uh, I think it was the right decision to take him off at half time because it was it literally was on his last straw. It was like, right, this is it now. If you do it again, you're off. So it was a correct decision to get him off afterwards. Yeah, no arguments from me there. Um... I think that there were we did create chances in that first half, and I do think we were the better team. Um, obviously, Muefu had I think two shots. Uh, one went, was deflected behind for a corner. The other was comfortable for Lloris. Um, there was Veltman as well. Veltman had a chance, so there was a few chances there. Um, but I think what we really lacked in that first half was perhaps that focal point um, of attack. And I put on the group chat that after the way that Spurs players had. Um, tried to wind the Wepu up quite clearly, trying to get him sent off. I thought bringing Welbeck on instead of uh, Mope was probably a better decision. Now, I know that Neil has grown hugely as a player and as a person, but I can just imagine the Spurs players get trying to wind him up because he plays, you know, he plays on the edge, does our Neil, and that what, that's what makes him such a good player. Um, but Aaron, do you think um, Welbeck coming on at halftime was the right call? Should it have been, uh, or could it have been Mope? Uh, no, I think Welbeck was probably the right call. I think in that in the, that sort of instance, uh, I think it was a bit of a different type of game. I think we would just uh, just need a little bit of a sort of a, a bit more of a target man, weirdly enough. I'd say to up top. Um, I think, yeah, I think the right call would have been to definitely was to bring on Welbeck. I still would have probably liked to see more play on as well. Um, not at half time at some point in the second half. Um, but obviously, it didn't happen. <coughs> um, but yeah, I think the, the right call was made to bring Welbeck on. Yeah, um, probably you're right, Aaron. A bit more of a target man was Danny Welbeck. And it did um, work, I think, in the second half. It gave us someone to aim for, as it were. There was a few uh, long balls. There was one, I think it might have been Casado put a ball into the box um, and Welbeck, a bit of a heavy touch um, and the chance went. Um, just talking about Moises Casado, Chloe, 
Um, another fantastic performance from the young Ecuadorian there. Um, I think he's becoming an almost nailed-on starter. Do you agree with that? Yeah, honestly, he just those two games he's played, he's just been he's just been top class. He did um, time waste a bit when he was going off the pitch, um, which was quite funny. But um, yeah, he's he's just so so sharp, and I just adore him already. He's he's shooting up my favorite players list. He's probably top five now, um, and he's just the kind of player that when you watch him, you're like, yeah, he's going places. A bit like when we first got Lampchi and you saw him, and it's like, wow. This guy is good. I feel the complete same about Caicedo. I think he's just, he's got mad potential. And I think I want to hold on for him as long as possible. So I offer him a long contract, mate. That's what I say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, we've already, we, we touch on Basuma quite a lot and the possibility of him leaving. But Dan, do you think that should Basuma leave, that we've got a ready-made replacement in Caicedo? Obviously, every player has a price to uh, to move on. Um, I think Basuma is probably about ready to move on, um, even though I'd love to see him play longer. But obviously, he, he he's definitely ready for that next step. Um, if you get the right amount of money for him, I don't. I, I think Casado could easily slot in his position and and do. I think he was doing that really with him. It was sort of like a partnership together. They're both doing the defensive job together, so it was. So as much as I don't don't really want Basuma to leave, you know, uh, so obviously if if the price is right, he can go. We we can carry on with Moises and make him into a little star himself. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's got bags of potential. As Casado, he's still only twenty, I believe. Um, and if he keeps putting in those performances like he has been over the last two games, um, you know, he's gonna have a really bright future ahead of him. Um, just briefly on Basuma. Now, I'm very reluctant to believe half of the things I read on Twitter about anything. Um, did see one rumour um, circulating that apparently Basuma does want to stay, but a contract hasn't yet been offered. How true that is, of course, uh, I would take anything on Twitter with a mountain of salt. Um, but even so, it's still quite nice to read uh, such things. Um so I think the second half really very much continued in the same way as the first half. We nullified Spurs um, and we made it very difficult for them. As I said, um, Basuma, and as we've touched on, a fantastic performance from him in the middle of the park. Um, and then 88 minutes um, and a fantastic little bit of work uh, from Welbeck, Lalana, and then finally Trossard, who turned Eric Dyer inside out and scored an absolute peach of a goal. Chloe, tell us about that away end on 88 minutes. Yeah, we just just went mental. It's like, oh my God, we've scored. I always check when we score because I'm always paranoid it's going to be offside or something. But I looked at the linesman, no flag up or anything. And I was just like, yes. And you can actually see me on match of the day just like clapping um but it was just it, I felt just elated to be honest it was like yeah and then we've probably won now I know however much out of time there is on the end it's going to be nervy as heck but it actually wasn't too bad because I think we kept control of the game quite well after we scored so it wasn't as nervy as it could have been and it definitely wasn't as nervy as against Arsenal 
yeah, I think um, scoring that late, you always give yourself the best opportunity to go and grab the points. Uh, Dan, what did you make of Trossard's goal? Uh, very good. Um, to to sort of get the space and cut yourself in, it's a decent goal. So when I went in, I literally literally jumped out of my seat, literally cheering, literally going, blind me, this is happening again. We're, we're scoring goals. Um, it's it's a good feeling. He's, he's he's a decent player, isn't he? I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want him to go just yet. I think I think he needs to stay a little bit longer. I don't think we we can. He's he is a good player. He's he does very well for us. Obviously, he's doing well for us at the moment. Hopefully, this carries on. We need. To, I think I think they're des- desperately now looking at beating our um, points tally now to to, to cement a top ten place, which, which hopefully we can get. So yeah, hopefully we can get that. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Now, I'm I'm not going to lie. I've been quite critical of Trossard's performances. Um, seems to drift uh, in and out of games a bit too much for my liking. But it has to be said, yesterday's goal was absolutely phenomenal. Now, Aaron, that means that uh, Brighton this season are unbeaten in London in the league. Um, I think that's pretty damn impressive, don't you? Oh, yeah. That's, that is really impressive. You know, I was saying to... Uh... Saying to my mate on the way de- uh, on way back from Lansing yesterday, um, I was like, you know, we're on we're unbeaten in London. I was like, that that in itself is a hell of an achievement. Like that, you know, we think the teams are actually, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, West Ham, you know, away from home. Obviously, all away from home, but to get anything from those games themselves is, is pretty impressive. But then, to obviously. Go to tricky places like Brentford, like Smellhurst, you know, and not to, you know, not to lose. Obviously, we <coughs> we beat Brentford, and obviously, we, you know, guy who let it bounce for the goal at Smellhurst. So, you know, we'll just leave that bit in there. But that's the that's the real question why people want to know is why did he let it bounce? And to this day, still nobody knows. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's honestly that's a hell of an achievement. Really, is a hell of an achievement, and I think that's probably one of the, if not probably the best achievement we've probably done since been in the Premier League, is to be unbeaten in London. You may think that's a bit of a stupid achievement, but when you think about, it, like I said, the teams in London, that that's, that is impressive. And I don't think many teams could can say they've done that. Not not in their first five years of being a Premier League team, the likes of you know United and all that lot, and all the bigger boring teams. Um, you know, they 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 they'll do it regularly, but for us, that's that's like I said, a hell of an achievement. We should be proud of that. It's just in itself. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, I think you know when you compare the squads of the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs, perhaps in particular. Um, you know, they've got some fantastic individual players in there. So to come away in a season uh, not having lost a single game in London is is a hell of an achievement. Um, and I would put yesterday's performance up there um, with one of the best um, that I've seen us do this season. Now, it might not have been a goal fest, of course, but if you want to talk about control and completely nullifying world-class players like Harry Kane, like Son, you know, we did that expertly um and i think you know graham potter was very complimentary of the players after the game and dunk was obviously very complimentary 
of the tactics and it just worked. Um, so for me, it, it's up there with the Chelsea game in terms of just how well I thought we did. Um, so just to wrap up our Spurs analysis, then I'm going to come to each of you in turn and ask for your player of the match. Uh, Chloe, you've already said yours. Um, Basuma, do you just want to tell us a bit more about why Biz caught your eye yesterday? He was just up to his, you know, his previous top class self. He just was winning everything. Good link up play, bringing the ball forward. He was just, yeah, as good as he can be. And yeah, he was brilliant. No arguments there. How about you, Dan? Who was your player of the match? I have to agree. Basuma, he was all over the pitch. He, um, he made sure that Harry Kane and Son didn't have much to do. Uh, the game plan worked to perfection. So definitely Basuma. And Aaron, who was your player of the match yesterday? Um, I think they called it in bingo terms a full house. It would have to be Basuma as well. I think it, it, that performance was just peak Basuma. It was fantastic. It's just what he does and what we know he can do, which we haven't seen for a while. But that was, yeah, that was special. That really was. Yeah, one hell of a performance from Basuma. Um, and yeah, I'm going to make it a full house uh, as well. Basuma, my player of the match with honourable mentions to Caicedo again. And also I thought Dunk had a really good game as well. I thought uh, Dunk, he was fantastic. Real captain's performance uh, from Lewis there. Um, so fantastic games against Arsenal and Spurs respectively and now it's just a small matter of Man City on Wednesday. Now we've had two fantastic results. Chloe, can we do the unthinkable? Can we disrupt Man City's title charge? I'm not overly optimistic because City are the sort of team you make one mistake against them or you give them a bit too much space and they'll score and that's it. Um, I think last year we lost 1-0 and we were quite unlucky to not get anything from that game. Um, I can see similar this season. So, I, you know, we might end up with a point. I can't see us winning necessarily, but who knows? Um, I do think it'll be a tight game. I don't think they'll annihilate us. I could be absolutely regretting saying that. Um, come 90 minutes on Wednesday but at the moment I'm feeling you know I don't expect us to win that but we could get a result and you know why not we could get a draw I think we'll get we'll get a draw <laughs> I like that quote nice and optimistic uh Dan um do you think we can realistically get anything out of the City game and if so, how do we go about that? Do you overload the midfield like we've done in the previous two games or would you set up in a more conventional five or a four at the back? How would Dan take on Pep? I don't know if I could, really. Um, I think uh, probably keep it the same, the same as we've done in the last two games, overload the midfield, see if it will work. Um, then... then I don't know really. Don't know how tactically you can outclass someone that good, but um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's going to be a tough one. It's definitely going to be tough. Uh, to realistically, see if we get anything out of it. Well, we did think that about Arsenal and Spurs. 
you know, we we uh, we did fairly well to get something out of them. I think nullifying Man City is going to take a, a massive effort. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, I want to. It's the same again. Like I said for Spurs, it was sort of my head wants to say says this. You know, it's obviously Man City. My heart wants to say Brighton. So I'm going to say a draw again. Just just keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, out thinking Pep is uh, no mean feat. But Aaron, Pep has consistently said that Graham Potter is the best British manager. Can Graham Potter outthink Pep Guardiola? Uh, he can outthink him, for sure. Will he beat him? Probably not. Especially at the Etihad. Um I have a, I think City are going to be absolute gunning for this on Wednesday after yesterday's defeat at Wembley to Liverpool. I think they're going to want to, want to put in a performance where I think we'll, we're on a high, we're on a high and will we really be focusing on this as three points or would you rather rest some players and then go into Sunday in Southampton with a fully fit squad and everyone reasonably fresh. How how would you how would you want to go about it? For me personally, I would, I would focus on the Southampton game. This is going to be a free hit, but then again, Arsenal was a free. Well, Tottenham was a free hit, um, really, because they've been in such fantastic goal scoring form. You know, we would have to be at our pinnacle. To, to actually you know stop them from playing. We were at our pinnacle yesterday. We won three points in the back. Happy days. Can we do that again? You know, on on Wednesday, I think we would have to be at our pinnacle and that little bit more to stop a world class city team. But I I, I don't think we probably will. Um, obviously they're going for the title. They want trophies. You know. It's going to be a massive, massive task. Massive task. And yeah, we've been at the Amex, you know, last year. Fair enough. But at the Etihad, had a whole different ball game. A whole different ball game. And Pep is a football genius. Um, and I think sometimes the reason why Pep's so complimentary over him is because, well, of, sorry, of Potter and of, of Brighton is because he, I mean, he's only lost once to us. Which was last year, in in his time in that city. So you know, yeah, thanks for letting us score four or five goals past you. You know, numerous times, or four goals. They don't they don't really batter us that bad. But you know, you're not going to be like, oh, you know, he's a he's a terrible manager. He's like, oh yeah, he's a fantastic manager, football genius because he lets us win games with ease. But like like at the Amex this year. It was over in the first half hour. They were absolutely phenomenal. And it could, if it's like that on uh, on Wednesday night, then it'll be, it'll be very much the same. And I'm not not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be negative, but let's let's be a teeny bit real, realistic. There, City are well above where we are, obviously for that re- for the, for that reason. They got world class players. They, you know, they've spent billions of pounds. They, you know, we haven't. But their players have are just fantastic. Where ours can be 
fantastic, but still nowhere near the levels of Foden, De Bruyne, you know, Sterling, Diaz, etc. But it is what it is. I'm, I'm more looking forward to Sunday than to Wednesday, I have to admit. Sunday, I think, is, is going to be be nice to be back at the Amex after, you know, a positive run of form. And, yeah, it'd be nice to hopefully, hopefully get a home win and three goals. That'd be nice. <laughs> Just um just talking about a bit about like the uh, the city game before we go on to score prediction. Um it was on match the day and it's been on Twitter as well. Uh away from home this season, Brighton have accrued twenty-five of their forty points, which would place us in sixth in the league table of just the on away games. Um that means the remaining 15 points have been accrued at home, which would place us 18th. Um, so I think that's quite a, a damning statistic, really. Um, but it does show us just how well we play away from home. So I do think I'm more confident this year that we could go to the Etihad and we could get something. Um, so let's just, before we uh, sign off for the, uh, for the day then, uh, let's just get some score predictions. Chloe, I'll come to you first. What do you think the score is going to be? 2 2. I like that. Nice and positive. Two goals. Who are going to get, who's going to get the two goals for us, Chloe? Um, Trossard and Mope. Decent. Like it. Like it a lot. Dan, how about you, mate? Scores on the doors, please. I think 1 1. Trossard. Keep on his uh, sort of score, scoring run. Especially, I'll, I'll make sure I wear my black shirt, as it's been a good luck charm for us. So, with his name on the back. So, hopefully, it should be another Trossard goal, but obviously, just the one point, I think. Okay. And Aaron, what are your score prediction, please? Uh, we'll go 2 0 City and we'll roll on to, uh, roll on to Sunday, I think. Yeah. Sunday. Decent. I mean, to be fair, I don't like the word free hit, but it's probably right down my Um The reality is that, as you say, Aaron, but um, City are levels above us. So we will have to be 110%. Gentlemen, it's ours. Um, so with that being said, thank you very much to Chloe, Dan and Aaron for joining me today. Have a great Easter, guys. And if you haven't already done so, please like, share and subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care.